You're listening to 90s Season on the Films and Swear Movie Podcast with your hosts, Stuart Sullen and Magic Mike Christie. Hey. At Shake and Bake Boys, we've got a barbecue. So, hi. Let's fade that out immediately. Uh, 90 season, episode 186. Uh, it is, that. Yes. Backdraft. Mm-hmm. The, the definitive film of 1991. Was it? Probably one of the biggest. You're about to pull one at the heart that I had not even considered, but... Ah, right, come on. Backdraft. Surely one of the biggest films to come out in 1991. It's definitely enough to warrant a joint review. Yeah, definitely. So, after that immediate introduction, I am Stuart Zelland, and of course, sitting across from me is Magic Mike Christie. Mm-hmm. Before we dive into the furnace that is Backdraft, I know there's got to be fire puns. Oh, yeah. You've waved a finger. What is the film of 1991? Probably the biggest film in 1991 was Terminator 2. Alright, I'll but shut my we've puss. Already yes, covered that. that has been documented many a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, was that maybe like one of your first appearances on podcasts? It was sort of like a double podcast, because I think I did one with Andy and did one with you, and then combined the two. You, I actually done like Terminator season. I think I'd done Terminator 2 and yes. um, Genesis. Ah, that's it, that's it. Before starting our, our 90s season today we were you'd reminded well you brought it to my attention that Harvey Weinstein yeah played not guilty yes of course his horrific crimes yes and everyone knows what the fuck he did mm-hmm. he's done some horrific things and I'm, su- I'm kind of surprised that it's like it's not really been big enough to make the news out here aye but it wasn't until I was just I'm, I'm sure I've seen it on Twitter or Facebook and it was just like Harvey Weinstein please not guilty and I was like man this boy's got some fucking bother and I'm like aye and I mean part of me thinking is, like, is this like a lawyer tactic like who knows really because you always see that in films and TV shows where it's the right uh, if you plead not guilty you might get this you might get a lesser sentence but really I know it's if, if, if you plead guilty Oh, of course, <coughs> they might of see like a bit of like compassion in you, and they'll probably maybe yeah, like a reduced aye, aye. sentence, and that maybe feed me a bonus to you or something, oh. or women or whatever. <laughs> so yes, uh, and we were, as per usual, taking piss out of the situation mm, and saying, indeed. "What was it? Uh, what yeah, we're the- talking about that. It should be like a net. Like, it's pretty much going to be like either a Netflix exclusive. Yes, I. Whether it's a TV show or a film." Get ten years, some kind of got on it into like a six part documentary. And we Well, I mean, why not? Because we got the OJ Simpson Yes, exactly. Um, T V show. Hey, uh, what was that cried again? It was like um, American Crime Story. Ah, uh, it's like the people versus Yes, uh, or OJ's Aye, aye. So we thought, let's hazard a guess, let's predict the title of the Harvey Weinstein six part documentary Netflix exclusive. Yeah. So Mikey, do you wanna um, I'll 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 let you go first. Okay. 
uh, I, I was attaching it onto that American crime story, so I was I calling know. it uh, American crime story Hollywood wank on a plant. <laughs> Very good. Yep, that's the best I could come up with. I mean, I'd I'd fund it <laughs> if I could. I mean, I'd watch the trailer. I might not commit six episodes, but I'd definitely have a look at the trailer. Yeah. Um. So I went. Well, I I kind of ran like two or three through me, and then. I was like, nah, like, this one's better. So I've got Harvey Weinstein, they be like dot dot. Yeah. And then it's like, you will sleep with me, dot dot dot. Or I'll feed your kids to Kevin Spacey. Oh. <laughs> oh. No. That's a whole mixing pot of like wrong things. And it's just, is that a threat to make people watch the show or is it just like the threat he made? I never thought of that. Aye. I never thought of that. Like, highest numbers, not by choice. <laughs> People feared firstborn fed to Oscar. Was Kevin Spacey an Oscar winner? Yes, he was. Aye. The Oscar winning psychopath. That's what, what, what he uses to break the bottom. Oh. Oh. No. <laughs> the Oscar's just shiny golden beats. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I feel a little warmed up now. Not in yeah. a good way. Oh, oh well, is that another uh, bad draft pun warmed up? Yes, aye. Um, before like that quote for the film, Shake and Bake Boys, I think we've got a barbecue. Alright. That's like one of the boys in the fire truck at the start. Like feeds that ah, line. Alright, I I didn't even pick up on it at the start. It's like uh, when Billy Baldwin's been introduced and he's like, Hi, I'm Brian. He's like, Hi, I'm sorry. <laughs> like when they're all busting his balls. Aye. Yeah. Aye. It was that dude that drops the line. I was going to go with that, or just going to go traditional Scottish, like, oh, Shahana, it's fucking hot, it's mm. films and swearing, and then, like, the, the sounds of a thousand cheering people, yeah. like, it's fucking Friday night and it's Big Brother on Channel 5. Yeah. <sighs> oh, oh, no, it's just Stuart McPherson, okay. Oh. <laughs> One guy going, that's our fan base. Yeah. <laughs> so, Yes. I mean, we have got one more fan more than Harvey Weinstein than now. Aye, that's it. So you put it. Aye. But, enough, let's forget about Harvey and yeah. let's talk about Ron. Yeah. Yes. Ron Howard. Yeah, he has got a massive list of, uh, like, directing... Credits? Credits, yep. Aye. He's done loads of other shit now. He's done like reacting bits and he's done like producing. He's, he's done it all, eh? Ever, like, you'd either I'm, just I'm think. I'm not going to go and drop a Harvey Weinstein line. Aye, aye, but let's yeah, know. But yeah, he's done it all. Aye. Because uh, let's see, Happy Days as a kid, mm. he was doing all that. And then you think you probably could be happy enough with that. Like maybe just do an act and like that. That's a significant role. Yeah. But I've catalogued. I've catalogued it. That's not Catalogued. Really, I've. Yes, I've collected a bunch of his directing credits. Yeah, that's I'll, what I've done. I've put down like my like ones you're familiar with. I've put down my top two, well, my two of my other favorite ones outside this, and I went okay. way, uh, Ransom, with oh, Mel Gibson, yep, and Apollo Thirteen, mm-hmm. because I was like, when that came out, that was when we were kind of what, at school. I was getting learned about like Neil Armstrong and like, all the Apollo missions, so I was quite. Interested bit. Yeah, I mind, and both of those were significant for me as well when I was wee because 
they were like big deal films at the time mm. as well. So by the time you managed to like procure a copy of it, whether you'd rented it or if it if it was on Sky or something, yeah. like that was like the Saturday Saturday night film. Ah, and I mean Ransom was a fucking brilliant film. Mm-hmm. Like Gary Sinise was absolutely amazing in it. Ah, yeah. and he, uh, he was in Paul Thirteen as well. Mm-hmm. And what's the other boy in Ransom? Was it was it is it Rene Russo? Ah, the, the bird. Ah, she played his wife. Yeah, Rene that's his wife. Aye, cause before he went on hating Jews and all that. Aye, don't think he cries or sugar tits though. Nah, I don't mind that <laughs> in Ransom. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah. Aye, so you want me to run through uh, Ron Howard's directed credits prior to Backdraft? I go through some of his noble ones. Okay, let's see if they ring a bell. Uh, 1977, Grand Theft Auto. Never seen it. Played the game. Never seen it. Never seen it before. <laughs> Aye. This one, he stars and directs alongside Nancy Morgan and Elizabeth Rogers. And to be honest, this is one of these DVDs you see in like second-hand stores all the time. Uh, it's obviously <clears throat> like they've done the artwork to make it look like one of the games to try and catch fuck out. Uh, and then find out they've bought a fucking Ron Howard film. Uh, but the plot was, a rich girl steals her dad's Royals Royce and heads off to Las Vegas to get married. However, her angry parents... A jealous suitor and a bunch of reward seekers are determined to stop her. Kind of sounds like Wild at Heart. <clears throat> a, bit, a bit less violent. Mm-hmm. And it's always just kind of looked like one of those, like a Cannonball Run type of thing. I was just going to say, is that, I mean, that was obviously before Cannonball Run. Aye. But it just kind of has that. Aye, it just sounds like a it, wacky races to Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, another one that's appeared quite interesting, that, like, never heard of it before, but. After this, uh, 1982, Night Shift, with Henry Winkler. Fonz. Yep, yep. Michael Keaton and Shelley Long. Is this a comedy? It is. Uh, a morgue attendant is talked into running a brothel at his workplace after a deceased pimp is sent there. However, the pimp's killers don't look too kindly on the new business, nor does the morgue's owner. Does Henry Winkler play the dead pimp? Ah, I feel like... Because I'm assuming that the morgue attendant's probably Michael Keaton. Aye. Because he'd be quite... He'd be young in comparison aye, to aye. Henry Winkler. Yeah. So, does that make Shelley Long a hoe? Maybe. So, like, I'd, to be honest, if that was on Netflix, I'd watch it. I, I, pro- I probably would as well, actually. I just want to see how that plays out. Like, yeah. Why the fuck would you think a morgue would be a good place to turn into a brothel? Yeah. I know they've got those slide out beds, but they're usually trays for dead bodies. I wouldn't have sex in one of those. Yeah. So, or be like a lot of Clex references. A lot of fuck <laughs> with. Was <laughs> it Angel Lust? <laughs> I was talking about that this week. <laughs> that one scene. Uh, of course, one of the big ones in 1984, Splash with Tom Hanks. I've still never seen that. That's the one with Daryl Hannah where she plays the mermaid. Is, uh, yes. Yeah, I've never actually seen that one. I've watched it as a kid. But I've not seen a, never revisited it. I'm trying to think the Tom Hanks films in the 80s that I've only seen is Big Barbs mm-hmm. Turner and Hooch in the 80s or a 90s film? 89 I think. Mm, I think that might be the only ones. I've still not seen Money Pit. I mean, oh, I know that's one of your favourite ones. I can love me some Money Pit. Um, I've not seen Bachelor Party either. I've, I think I'd seen that. That was like one of his earlier ones as well. Eh? Yeah. 
But yeah, I've not seen the ones. Aye. From what I can remember, Bachelor Pad contains both full frontal nudity and a donkey. Um, Just so mm, you know. Cool. <laughs> and of course, another fucking huge one in 1985, Cocoon. I've seen that. I've seen Come both on. of them. What is it? I think we grew up with that shit. Aye. Donna Mechie, Wilford Brimley and the Goot, Steve Gutenberg. Oh, I was, like, whenever I always like to see, like, Don, like, I'm, I'm, oh, I think I can pronounce his name, but whenever I see his name pop up, it always reminds me of the role he played in uh, Trading Places. Oh, was he one of the two? Yeah. Aye, aye. aye. And then when they had to be cameo in Coming to America. Yeah, it was the fucking bums. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Now, uh, 1986, they followed up with Gung Ho, a film with Michael Keaton, uh, Gary Wanatabe and George Went. I think that's Norm for Cheers. Um, plot to that one. When a Japanese car company buys an American plant, the American liaison must mediate the clash of work attitudes between the foreign management and native labour. Hmm. Doesn't really sound... Disney jump out there, yeah. eh? Yeah. Val Kil not Val Kilmer, uh, kept Michael Keaton busy. Ah, uh, no, I was just going to say that. Uh, but of course, 1988, Willow. You ever seen that? Warren Davis, Val Kilmer. Ah, uh, I think I keep... Tom Cruise isn't in it, eh? No, that's legend, I Legend, think. that's yeah. what it is, aye. Uh, this one is, a reluctant dwarf must play a critical role in protecting a special baby from an evil queen. I have... I've seen it I think I've seen it in English in high school it is it seems to be like one of those films that they would just roll out in techie when they couldn't be bothered teaching you yes because I'm trying to think it was like 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 Legend was big and then they kind of built on that when they put out like Labyrinth aye aye so this is probably kind of following in that trend eh? aye that's it and that brings us to Backdraft I was having a look um through his films after, like Backdraft and stuff. Yes, it is an expansive list. To be fit, and to be honest, I've still not seen any of the Da Vinci trilogy. Nah. Nah. Aye. I would have to say, I've, I've seen the first two, I was just about to say, but aye, no, I've definitely not watched the, the third the, one's Inferno. Inferno, right? aye. Yeah. And they're all fairly, in, like, I've read, like, the four books, like yeah. Angels and Demons, Da Vinci Codes, uh, Inferno and then they released one last year called Origin uh, so I'm not sure if this is just like here's another film for Tom Hanks and uh-huh. Ron Howard so but Backdraft yeah um, this is one that you uh, you've been pitching to talk about for a while so totally it's definitely like one of these things where it's on my radar and then you forget about it then you catch it on Sky and it's like holy fuck you get yeah, all amped up I, um, I caught it on TV um couple of years ago, coming for work one one night, and I think I caught it on plus one. I'd only passed maybe 15, 20 minutes, right. and I was like, right, fuck it, I'll just sit and watch it. Aye. And, I, and I forgot, like, say, like Bob De Niro was in it, Donald Sutherland, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like all the big There's a lot more than just, like, fighting fire. Aye. Mm-hmm. And I, I fucking still as good as what I remember being a kid, obviously, when you watch it as a band, you didn't really... Notice anything of the story, whereas Aye. now you notice everything about the story. Definitely. So and I mean, like the story's fucking brilliant for it. Like it's not just a stereotypical. Aye. Aye. Like, 
gone to random fires and actually got an actual... Aye, it's... There's a fucking story to it, and it's like almost like a... Well, it's like a crime drama, but Aye. it's not focused on like a police force. Yeah. Like, it, it's something completely different. It's firefighters, and there's like a serial arsonist. Yeah. So, we fire at the cast. Aye. Right, so we have Kurt Russell as Stephen McCaffrey. Now, did you know something at the start of the film? Yeah, he played the dad. He played the dad. Yeah. Aye, he's got the dual credit of Steve McCaffrey and Dennis McCaffrey. We saw past your little moustache, Kurt Russell. Yeah. You were full of no one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder if, wonder whose idea was that, because I never found anything on trivia notes about if that was maybe Ron Howard's idea or if that was Kurt Russell's idea. Aye, the original actor got the shits that day. Can you imagine? So Kurt Russell took or his moustache. Or maybe they just thought, came okay, what? It would be funny if the dad was Kurt Russell and have the older brother being Kurt Russell as well. Aye, by the time he grows up, it's like, Christ, you're the spit of your dad. Yeah. I was just waiting, I was waiting on fucking um, apps to like hear a few like fucking lines like that. Aye. Because he was always saying the start of the film as well, because he was part of his dad's um, force. Mm. So we've got that, we've got William Baldwin as Brian McCaffrey. Probably the... He's probably the second notable Baldwin brother. Aye, aye. Alec. And then... There's him, there's Stephen. Yes, Stephen. There's Adam. There, there's always more than I imagine. I'm pretty sure there's maybe an Amanda. <laughs> I <laughs> no, don't know. I, I do know... I remember one of them went on to like Celebrity Big Brother and I can't remember if it's Stephen or William. I can't but remember. But that might have been Stephen because I think there, there is like a religious brother, the uh-huh. one that found Christ. It might be Stephen. Stephen was. I'll remember Stephen Baldwin from uh, The Usual Suspects. Mm. The only thing I remember of it. Aye. So it might have been him. Yeah. Uh, of course, Robert De Niro is Ron, uh, not Ronald, uh, Donald, Donald, aye. Donald Rimgale. Uh, Donald Sutherland is Ronald. I know, I was... <laughs> These bastards. Donald is Ronald. Uh, Robert is Donald. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Fucking and Big Dave, Daisy. Dave Dormagoo. Uh, shows up with fucking blonde hair as uh, Jennifer. Uh, Scott Glenn, as we said, acts uh, John Adcott. Yeah. Uh, a few other boys in there. I mean, what's his name? Clint Howard shows up at one point and... Um, I can't remember the boy that plays I, Tim. Clint Howard was a morgue guy. Aye, yeah. aye, like the toxicology guy. Yeah. Um, what shit was going on? Else. Um, the guy that fucking played Jennifer Jason Lee's boss. Aye. He was a bad guy in Breakdown. He was a trucker that kidnapped Kurt Russell's wife. Oh, shit. Aye, because they're kind of like older men. In this. Aye. Yeah, it's I know like older men, how do you pronounce his second name again? It's a fucking... Aye, it's a... Uh, it's such an easy name, but they've they've put like a weird twist on it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to say it effectively with like a Chicago accent. Yeah. Is he TJ... Aye, TJ Walsh. Aye. Uh, it's, it's like a three-barrel. Because Marty... Swayzak, was it? Sway, like, aye, like Swayzak or something. Or, yeah. Holy shit, he died. Yeah, he did. He died. Oh, holy shit, I didn't even fucking know. 
buried. What? I was wondering when I was seeing him in any other films. Right, remember, like, breakdown happened. Kurt Russell ended him. <laughs> <was> like, yeah. <laughs> he's buried in a barn. But, hey, Mike, what is the plot to Backdraft? Um, two um, dueling fireman brothers are on a case to try to solve random fires by a serial arsonist while trying not to kick each other's heads in. Yes, aye. Because you get a lot of like animosity. Yes, sibling rivalry. It goes on and off though, eh? Aye. Like, I know, cause I'll be, I'll, I'll wrote it in my notes because like, obviously they kind of like, like resent each other at the start. Mm-hmm. And then you get that feel-good montage during exactly. halfway through the fucking film. Aye. And then everything's good and then everything's bad after shit happens later on. Exactly. So, so yeah. Aye, because there is a proper sibling rivalry because you wonder why because <clears> like, the film starts... After obviously we've had like the when they were barons and he witnesses the dad blowing up, yeah. and it's like them graduating the academy almost. But he's been plucked out of whatever precinct and he's been put in 17. And he's, uh, he's like one of his brothers, and aye. And it's obviously for that point, the brothers clearly know how like an interest in him, yeah. But now that he's graduated, he's now like under his wing. And it just lines them up for like this endless amount of ball busting. Yeah. Like where obviously they all cram like probies, eh? Like all the uh, new recruits, all the rookies get like their balls busted. Anyway, as you'd imagine in anything. Yeah. But the fact that he's like the lieutenant's little brother, you've got that. And then of course after like the first fire where he saves the fucking mannequin. Yeah. That again also gets his fucking <laughs> his balls busted like when they're all doing like that toast. Aye. They're talking about all and then they all do the toast, fuck you, and they pull the, the, the fucking mannequin fan to the table. Yeah. And just go, ah. So, aye. You could tell, like, it's, it's not like, what he wanted. Ah. Because he's got, like, that look. Of, of course, his hair's, like, fucking perfect in every scene. You see fucking Billy Baldwin in. Yeah. But you could see where it's, like, I don't think he likes getting his balls busted by his big brother. Nah. I mean, fuck. Uh, let's go back to our first watch. Do I mean right? Clearly, isn't it our first watch of it? Yeah. We've seen this many a times. But when was the first time you managed to see this film? Um, probably when I was a kid. Ah, definitely when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, didn't really pay much attention to it. But like, you always kind of remember like the fire and Aye. like the music and stuff. Yeah. But um, ah, definitely when I was like a kid. Grown up. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, all I really remember is like the fucking poster, like the artwork. I don't oh, yeah. if we'd gotten it on tape, but it's just the the silhouette of like someone coming out of fire out of a, a doorway with a fucking fire raging behind them. Yeah. And for some reason, I, I could picture the adverts on Sky, like talking about like it's a Saturday night movie or something. And you just see all that, and it's like, holy shit, we need to watch this. There, there can't be doing anything else. This has to be what we do on Saturday mm. night. They're like the only two really faint memories I have of it as a kid. Yeah. And then, of course, I kind of got re- reacquainted with the film back in like 2016 when and I was doing my. Doing a Kurt Russell challenge thing. Exactly. And I, like, you just kind of forget how fucking amazing some of these films are. Yeah. So. Aye, and when it come around to doing this, I was so glad to found, find out that I still actually had it on the DVD shelf. 
Planet. what I was doing with my Kurt Russell challenge, I'd bought like all the films in bulk, and after I watched them, I ended up just like trading them in or something uh, away again. Just unless it was ones that you wanted to keep, and yeah. I just kind of forgot about them. And then I found like a padded envelope with like breakdown and backdraft in it, and I was like, oh fuck yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can't get rid of these. So, ah, it was good to have it there because it just that's it is immediately accessible for when uh, we do things like this. Yeah, I'm. I sourced my stream for it through. Uh, Virgin. Aye. It was on, it was on like TCM one night in March, and I just recorded it because I thought, oh, fuck it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to watch it. But no, in fact, I recorded it because I thought I was going to, it was just in case I won, like the poll thing we're doing for, like the Oscars and stuff. Oh yeah, aye, and that do, like, fire, fire season, season. That was going to yes. be one of my picks. Aye, aye, I remember you talking about that now. Yeah. Aye, right enough. Um, right, let's start, you got a note you want to talk about? Um, aye, I'll... Uh, you want to talk about what you like about the film? Um, let's see. Um, one of the things I, I Definitely, I appreciate it when I seen it a couple of years back, and I appreciate that a hell of a lot more when I watched it today. Was the sound effects? Aye, the sound effects in this film were fucking brilliant. See for like the fire and that when they yes. were, like when it was like the smoke creeping under the door, and then it would like get sucked right Aye. back in. Aye. Yeah, right. The fucking sound effects were on point, and actually, I even appreciated like the not that they're dated, but like the nineties, uh, like the sounds of folk having fist fights. Like the, whoosh, oh, yeah. like the fucking the fists they were throwing is like man, this is a proper nineties film. Like when having like they're just like they're properly slugging each other. Yeah, and um, also with the sound effects, also you first kind of really get the best feel for it when the the first bit of explosion happens. Also when they're like when they're all when they're all grown up, mm-hmm. that guy gets out of the car, oh, unlocks, the door. unlocks the door, and then, <laughs> aye, and it's like, just the noise, the noise it makes, it's fucking incredible. Aye. It is. It's like, like it's almost, it's almost like that actually plays a part of the film. Oh, definitely. Like they talk about it a lot in film. Like the f- the fire itself is almost the character. The way like Donald Sutherland and Robert uh, De Niro talk about it, like it's an animal. It's seen it or you've seen it. And like when he's having those scenes with William Baldwin, he's like, you know the fire. You've met the fire. You've talked about it. like you fucking shook hands with it, haven't you? Like the way they talk about it, it's like it's a fucking. Another, uh, it's a character. It's a killer itself. Mm. Uh, it, it's not just a fire spin up the wall. It chooses. It, it conquers. It eats. It does this, that, and the next thing. And it's just weird to see folk talk about it like that way. But yeah. I guess it makes total sense because the way that because people in that trade. Yeah, like, I do. They all seen it all. Exactly, and there's like especially there's like one moment where there's like a wind. And you almost see like a small fucking wee. It's like William Baldwin trying in a corridor, and a big blast, and he falls on his ass, and it's just like a. It's almost like a little tornado of flame, and it's just like a line whispering, and he's like, "What the fuck?" And he's like, "It is. It's a. It's a wild beast." Then he look it in the eyes, uh, and it's just the fucking. I can't help but fucking love this film. The, I think just the story that the fact that they've put this much into it. It's no just. Like, they're mining an asteroid that's heading to Earth. Uh. Like, I feel there's just a wee bit more to it. Mm. Because when watching it, I did, I felt like you were getting these vibes 
and it reminded me of things like Top Gun and Armageddon. Like you've got both fucking uh, Brian and his pal Tim, like these fresh recruits, and they've been put in with a hotshot league of fucking firefighters. Who's like they've got this subplot about the city's pulling away funding, so there's less uh. precincts. So they're not getting as much backup as they used to. So they're really starting to resent all the politicians that show up and shake hands. Yeah. And you've got that great shot where that alderman had shown up and it was after they'd done their first fire drill, oh, their first fire at the, the garment factory. Ah, it brings out the... The mannequin. Ah. But you see Kurt Russell at the top and he waves in and he just does this thing where he just slides under a banister, walks in, jumps down onto a police patrol car, walks across it, jumps down... And he's oh man, aye, right in front of all of the press, and of course the fucking po- the politician's good. He's keeping it all good. He's like, oh, you do a brilliant job for our city. I've not got the time to talk to you now though, but thank you for everything you do. And he's like, aye, fuck you, you dick. <laughs> you could tell he just fucking hates him. <clears throat> Should we talk about characters? Aye, yeah. Who do you want to start with? Um, if anything, I. Th- felt Robert De Niro took a wee bit of a back seat in this film but his character was really good because obviously he was like the investigator aye aye but I mean obviously he was investigated but like he was like a cat he was like one of the captains of the fire department as well aye and it was definitely because he's he shows up sort of like at the end of each fire like just with his wee briefcase and they've got like that nickname for him which is of Shadow aye aye but it was it was something like John as John Rimgale, no Donald. Donald. Aye, Donald Rimgale. Yes, I've got my Donalds and Ronalds in my head again mm. there. And it, Mark, when I was watching with Margaret, she's like, Robert De Niro turns out to be the bad guy, doesn't he? I'm like, no, no, no. It's like, but he does kind of have that presence where like he's the official and he comes in, he's, he's doing the paperwork and stuff. And it's like, uh. he looks like a guy that can he be trusted, but. Yeah. The film doesn't go that direction. Yeah. Um, it's been um William Baldwin decides to go and like hear a word with him and it just happens to walk him and that guy's getting his absolute arse chewed for De Niro. Yes. About um, cause what is it he does? He... Uh, did you look look around see you're covering gas in before or after you opened the window? And he's like uh, uh, and he's like before or after? And they're just fucking screaming uh. at him. And it was like, oh, it wasn't until after I opened the window. It was like, exactly. And it's like, your fucking whole platoon could have been crisp. Like, just uh-huh. fucking chewing them apart. And the guy's out mumbling. He's like, oh, I see you're working for me now. Uh-huh. And he's like, ah, he's like, go find a fucking corner and go crawl into it. And I love how, like, he chews him, it turns around, and you get to see, like, this thing, like, William Baldwin doesn't take his eyes off him. You see him getting changed, and the fucking boy's, like, uh, he's all scarred, covered in, like, fucking scars, like, his whole back. It's like, Clearly, this boy's seen some shit. Mm. He's been in the thick of it. And they didn't go into, like, you didn't have the secretary telling you his tragic past story. Like, they nah. just give you it. It's like, like, this is all you need to know about this guy. Like, mm. he's, he's in an office shop now, but he's been in there. He's, yeah. like... Because when I was, um, when I was watching it today, obviously when you got the, the opening scene where it was, um, the two brothers when they were kids and it was Daddy Kurt... Aye. Um, also, you've seen um, Axe. I was kind of looking around to see if maybe Bob oh, De Niro was in, aye, that, aye. In, in that division as well, but he yeah. wasn't. He? To be honest, I'm going to talk about it now because the scenes with De Niro like, might be some of my favourite things about this film. Oh, when like, he's... 
between like him yeah. doing his investigations, like how he could figure it, like look for like the the main switch uh. and figure out the source of the fires, like when he's doing his investigation stuff, uh. that obviously normally doesn't get enough credit because you're that blown away by all the dramatic firefighting sequences. Yeah. Like, all the stuff in the chemical factory at the end is fucking amazing. Like the mm. action is top notch, but the the fucking story side, of it, the investigation, and the scenes with him and fucking Donald Sutherland, like uh, holy uh, that shit! Was, Donald Sutherland uh, did play a really good character, and he uh, was he was quite chilling. Of course, like I think can have a fucking forgot about. Is it when he goes up for like his parole here and something? Yes, and. They're like, oh, like, we deem him fit, and then he decides to bring out a fucking a burnt teddy bear aye, to, like, kind of snap him fucking back aye, like, into... He's, he's memorised his lines, that's good enough, but let's see, let's pull back the the fucking curtain, reveal who he really is, because he, he fucking could play shades of the fucking Joker. Aye, it was quite good, like... Aye, like, they talk to him outside, like, the courtroom, and he's sitting there, and he talks about, it, he's like, ah, oh, he's, he's seen the fire, eh? he's, his dad, you're that boy... And they're talking about it's like fucking whether it's night or day, you're always a fireman. And they're talking all this shit, and they get to the courtroom. But yes, he plays it so cool where he's up for his parole, and everyone seems convinced like they're ready to let him out. But De Niro's obviously waiting. He's like, uh, it's always like a yearly thing for him. Yeah. And he just sits there lying and waiting, brings it and says, like, "What's this?" And he's like, "What the wee doll? Who had that? Is that a little girl's doll?" Aye. What happened to the little girl? I burned her. What happened to the other people? I burned them. What would happen if he let you? What would you do to the world? I would burn it. And he, he does like a wee giggle, a wee laugh. Like, <laughs> Aye. It's like, oh, but he's got that big thick moustache and all Aye, that. No, the hair slicked back. It's like, it's, it's... Aye, it's, it's, it does play quite a chilling role in it. Aye. It, it works quite well as well with the like tone in the film. Aye. And the thing is, he's not even mad that fucking like, uh, De Niro's character Rimgale's like, caught him out. He just knows like that's his true self. Like yeah. getting a chance, he will fucking burn this building down, and he will be grinning like a Cheshire cat whilst doing it. Yeah. He does not give a fuck about the people around him, and it just as soon as he's done that, and you could see the fucking look on the people's face. It's just the fact like De Niro had enough clout just to walk in a court like this little courtroom and just put the fucking burnt doll down without anyone objecting to yeah. it. But whoa, whoa, whoa! But it just the finishing lines like. I'll see you next year, pal. I'll see you next year, Ronald. <laughs> <laughs> like same time, same place. Um, I thought obviously the the scenes where De Niro was kind of teaching uh, William Baldwin about like the fire and stuff was pretty good, especially when he like punked him with the fucking trash can. Oh aye, aye, because that's it. They they discovered what the key was. It was like a trip the chloride or something like aye. some sort of magnesium thing. Ah, some sort of like chemical shit aye and that was just kind of showing you like how fucking like how smart uh, De Niro's character is because he's like he's done the little science experiment open that went exactly as I planned and he's thinking right well these are the elements and fucking Baldwin like doesn't understand it and he does that thing where he just like to me like I feel like this is careless as fuck he just sets like a this on fire and the whole fucking ceiling's gone on fire and he's still just talking about it's like like the whole speech about fire, like and it even, eats, it consumes. Like, where are you? Uh, where, where are you going to put that fire? At? That's like, <laughs> dangerous. I'm like, if a fucking birthday candle's on for more than five seconds, I, I start to sweat. <laughs> Let alone, like, let's just set the room on fire and have a talk. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, let's let's see. What is your what is one of your favorite scenes? That's like probably the best bit of the film for you. I have to say, like I, I do quite like the like the end, like the end it, like with right. the whole like funeral, aye, like with all the marching down the street and stuff, and that's quite like quite good. Mm-hmm. I reckon if it's because of the score that plays, like aye, like I'm forever like fucking rattling a soundtrack on Spotify, yeah, and aye. that that key track that Fahrenheit four five one, yeah, is the name of the track, and I'm continuously fucking burning on Spotify, yeah, aye. And well, what fucking better time was bring up old Hans Zimmer? I know, like, like the guy can do no wrong. Aye, that's it. The fucking, like him and his orchestra just fucking amazed me with like the his fucking uh, credits as big as big as fucking Ron Howard's. Yeah, like, and I mean, like it's weird because like the stuff that you can do, like the music that he does fits in with like also what type of film it is and stuff, mm-hmm. and it. Gives you like, like, are they like an Irish family kind of? Aye, like because when they're ah yeah, because when they're at that uh, like dancing with, uh, fucking what's his name, Kurt Russell's wife dancing with yeah. the other guy. Uh, aye, aye. And um, it's like they're all like, they're all like Irish people at the like place. Aye, it's like kind of like we like Irish, aye. like under like undertones of the music and stuff, mm-hmm. which is quite good. And the scores are amazing. Like the like, it just adds like tenfold to the drama. It just yeah. increases. It just and like it's it's how they build up like everything for them getting in the fire trucks and the yeah. drama's building up, or even like when like the killer sort of revealed. Yeah. And like there's just the tension, but the music playing in the background is always so fucking spot on. Yeah. Like where it, it could give you the goosebumps, the hair goes up, the yeah. fucking lot. Probably the perfect example for the music I noticed today was in the opening scenes where um, where they were going to the fire when they were a kid, and it was like I I wouldn't call it happy music, but you got like all the orchestra music, and then Mm. when like when the explosion happened, it just turned and it made this like wee sinister noise. Aye, and it was obviously that's when you got like um, like when the Think they play like the same bit of sinister music when De Niro went to go and investigate the house. Oh, when they get to Alderman's yeah. eye and then they get fucking attacked by the arsonists. Yeah. That's a fucking brilliant scene as well. Aye. Because that's it, you've got fucking uh, Brian Ringale and they've, they've, like, they've kind of figured out and they've got like the picture, like that old movie trope where you pick up the picture of everyone being killed and there's only one person left in the photo. It's like, he must be next. It's like a fucking Scooby-Doo plot point mm-hmm. where they all fucking run to get to the house and you get in and it's like, you're already on edge because they get there and the fucking, there's a pipe being broke and it's yeah. just fucking blowing gas into the house and like, oh, what the and fuck are you doing? Get the out. The guy's unconscious as well. Aye. And fucking Baldwin gets clocked first, doesn't he? Aye. And the guy said laying into him then just fucking De Niro off the top rope just fucking dives in. Aye, and, and it, it presses them against the plug socket that's aye. like sparking it. Aye, fucking scars the boy. And that's but obviously what gives that away. That's a brilliant fucking on. plot point. Like when the realisation when he's coming out of the shower and you just see the socket fucking burned into his shoulder. Yeah. But it's when he's making his fucking escape and De Niro's on his back and he just batters his head off the banister. And he hits his fucking, like just caves his skull in and then just fucks off. And it's not until they get outside and the fucking blast hits them. 
and the needle's like fucking scared. Aye, it was like. What was it? Was it? What's the line he says to Baldwin? Aye, it, 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 something's like. I yeah, I'm not I'm not walking away for this one. It's just something that we throw away. He's like, I I think I've got myself a sair one here. And he's like, and the lying, camera just pans. impaled on a fence. Aye, uh, to be honest, I kind of thought that was like a like a, that was a death scene, but yeah, they just cut to it's, it's like a shoulder uh, injury, isn't like, it? Yeah, just feel it under his collarbone or something. Aye, but he's still fucking feel like pissing vinegar in the hospital. He's sitting kicking up shit and he's pissed off that it's happened to himself, and the fact that it's. Well, no, the day can it's older men. Uh, the day can it's uh, axe at that point. Yeah. For those who think it's. Um... They, they kind of think it's fucking Stephen. Yeah. Right? So. No, let's let's take a minute to talk about. No, what was the nickname? Bull, they cried Aye. him. Like, whilst he's, whilst he's working, he seems to be like. He's the lieutenant, he's the fucking god. Like, he runs a bit, he knows if I. He, he takes these risks. Yeah. Like, all cunt wants to wait for backup and uh, he's like nah let's go and get it before it breaks out exactly he does all this careless reckless shit and then you realise outside of work his life's a fucking train wreck eh? I know cause what is it he's sleeping in a boat aye sleeping in the dad's boat yeah. wife wants nothing to do with him got a bit of a drinking problem wee bit of a drinking problem uh, you'll not upgrade for fucking 8 track to cassette tapes you'll <laughs> I was not starting the oh, fucking like fire truck Aye, where he's fucking getting him <coughs> shit, where like, fucking uh, Brian's looking at it, he's like, wait, is this an operating fucking eight track? He's like, what the fuck are you on? And I like how he's cutting a boot on his day off in jeans, tank top, and flip flops. Aye, I know, I think it's the yelly flip flops. I wrote that down in my notes as well. He's like, oh, 90s as fuck. <laughs> like a fireman in flip flops? Is it almost the same, like, tank top that he wore? It's not, it's not the well, same well, tank top. Like, big, big trouble. trouble the one in a bit of trouble, it's got a... It does, it's like a design on it. Yeah. It's like a, there's like a geisha or something on it. Uh, but, uh, it does look... It, like, if you want to be Kurt Russell as a fancy dress, it's, there's definitely jeans and a fucking white tank top. Ah, uh, jeans, white tank top. Uh, fucking flip-flops, there you go. Halloween sort of this year. Uh, get a wee crew cut. Like, who the fuck are you? It's like, I'm fucking bull for backdrafts. <laughs> <laughs> And then you could have like a cunt with like a burnt out fest and say, hi, that's Timmy. Yeah. <laughs> Miller Proby. I think like one thing I've always noticed about like Kurt Russell, like I, I, I can probably easily say that this was maybe my first Kurt Russell film I've probably ever seen. Aye. But I didn't think it was anything maybe remotely watchable when I was a kid with him in it. Aye. Until maybe I got to that age where I could watch like Tango and Cash. Yeah, yeah. But, um, like oh like the way like he plays like some of his roles like he's got that like that iconic laugh that he does Aye. and all that and it's like his mannerisms it's and all that. It's the way he fucking swears. Like the way you hear Kurt Russell say, "God damn it!" Uh, like the bit of there's like, "That's my brother, God damn it!" Like the just the machismo. Yeah. Like he's a total man's man. He's like the fucking one of my favorite things that uh, him and Hateful Eight. It's just the way he fucking. Like swears. Ah, uh, I thought you were going to say the way he hits women. <laughs> that as well. It's like there's a fucking lion who's like, "That's horse laugh," and he just fucking twists his mustache <laughs> and flips his hands. Like, oh, I could watch this dude all day in film, honestly. Yeah. But um, so I, I mean, so, really, I. So who who would you say stole it? To be honest, I'm still just I was. 
really surprised about how much I enjoyed the Robert De Niro and Donald aye. Sutherland. Like between them, because Donald Sutherland gets that second scene where he gets it. He's William Baldwin. He's interviewing him. Aye. aye. And he's just playing these mind games where, and he sets up and he leaves them with the impression that it's it's his fucking brother Stephen, it's Kurt Russell, could be the cunt behind these fires. Yeah. And they they'll have it all set up because he's got like the, the he's got all the fucking the wee tins, aye, uh, the, the chemicals, aye, aye, chemicals that contains the 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 trick to lay the aye, trick to light, aye, aye. <clears throat> and like when fucking Baldwin shows up at the. He's already at the boat when he comes home. He's like, oh, I'm trying to sell this thing. He's like, what are you here looking at that for? And he's like, and they kind of put two to two together. He's like, I know what you think, but it's fucking, fucking Adcock hacks sell me to take that stuff home with me. That cunt's trying to set me up with these murders. And like, they're hearing that fucking talk. And then you look up and there's fucking Adcock looking at the window doing at them. And you're like, oh shit. Like, yeah. it's like... Didn't he? And you know, just know like the fucking fire alarm goes. So, fucking bull runs in. Kurt Russell's off. And they're all the day of the job. And you just know like Denny Trussell because first chance he's get, he's going to fucking kill you in that chemical mm. factory. Yeah. And I liked how fucking uh, like he just decides to grab the fucking fire gear and join them on the fucking fire truck. And nobody uh. cares. Aye, fair enough. <laughs> like you may as well join us. Yeah. And it's just like the tension and the music. And the fact that, right, those boys are there, fucking Axe, Bull, they're in the chemical factory, fighting on the roof, getting it going, and then, obviously... Axe shows up and fucking knocks out, knocks out one of them. Ah, he even fucking knocks uh, Brian out Yeah. with the Axe. But it's uh, the fucking delay of him getting there, like, when they go over, like, that sand mound, and fucking knocks over the fire truck. Ah, yeah, aye. Like, oh, of course, like, you're trying to catch up. Of course, there's just a fucking obstacle in your way and he's just having to fucking bolt to, to just fucking catch up with them. Yeah. So that gives them enough time to set up what's happening in the chemical factory. But it's when they almost have, like, a fucking axe fight and they're surrounded by all these giant barrels. Aye. And they're like, what is going on? This building's going around. I think I was ready to watch fucking Highlander. Aye. <laughs> Could you imagine Kurt Russell getting his head fucking lobbed off with an axe? Like, Jesus Christ. Um. And then as well, even though obviously he tried to, <clears throat> uh, Adcock tried to set up um, Bull and that, when they're like kind of hanging on with that broken like walkway, oh, aye, aye. you get the whole oh like like you go we go sort of thing. Aye, which like is like this fucking slogan of the team, eh? Like they, yeah. they set that up at the beginning, but and I mean, is, and I'm thinking myself I'm like can. The guy's fucking like obviously he's been part of your team for so long and it's practically raised you and shit. Aye. That he's fucking creating like fires and trying to set you up for Aye. it and that. Like I'd be letting the cunt go. Yes. Aye. Fucking right, I'd be letting him go. Nobody would question that at all. And but it's just like this weird camaraderie, like the fucking yeah. a, like a bond that's thicker than blood where he's just refusing to let go of him and more or less fuck it we'll just die together. Yeah. And it just the way you because you think that's it. You think both of them die, and the camera cuts, and you just see fucking bull landing on another walkway, uh, and, and then fucking axe getting his fucking spine melted in like a barrel, because uh, <laughs> you just see it's like a dummy clearly where it just falls, and yeah. you just see the other half of the body just fucking wraps around the fucking barrel yeah. like a coat, and just snaps, and like, well, he's fucking dead. <laughs> he is not getting back up because 
it's all happening. You've got fucking uh, Brian on the other side of the walkway where he can't reach him. Uh. And his bridge, like his part of the fucking walkway is broken as well, so yeah. he's clinging on for himself, so there's no way he could fucking save his brother. Yeah. But there's that, and then the fucking, the rogue hose. Ah, uh, the hose. Uh. Like, where it's like, they're all going in, they get fucking sideswiped by an explosion, they drop the hose, and it's kind of... And of course, fucking Kurt Russell's got that nasty gash. Yeah. In his side where it looked like fucking something out of Total Recall uh-huh. was in his fucking hip. So, and he just makes the decision, he's like, I've got to get the hose. And he fucking runs off and gets it. And of course. And it's when he starts doing all these wee fucking like jumps and all that and for pl- platform to platform. Aye, and he fucking going in the, the fucking the poles in the fire tree and gets the dives in the hose, starts tackling the fire. And of course, there you get like that key moment with Kurt Russell being helped by like the guys like look that's my brother god damn it look at him like he's got like I'm proud I've accepted him mm-hmm. like our I story might be kicking complete. the bucket in a few minutes but he's fucking doing the job aye that's I could die happy <laughs> carrying on look at him dad <laughs> <laughs> and he looks up oh, and it's just yeah, fucking arts yeah, with dark, an dark bastard <laughs> <laughs> oh imagine how fucking like, it would be over-the-top cheesy, but, like, if Kurt Russell looks up, like, look at him, Dad! looks up, and there's just Kurt Russell looking back to him with a moustache. <laughs> Kurt's looking at Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be so fucking stupid, but it'd be amazing at the same time. But, aye. He dies in the ambulance shortly after. <laughs> and it is. It's like, he kind of gives up. He's like, tell him to turn off the siren. I've heard enough. Like, he's like, forget about me. I'm done. Like, fuck it. And he looks fucking grim. He's lying and he's got that one bloodshot eye. Yeah. And he's just, like, he's fading. And he's just, like, the tears are rolling. And they're all fucking, like, it's it's over. Yeah. Now, you shed a tear at this film? Nah. I wouldn't yeah. say I did, not uh, Wait. No, I wouldn't say I did. <laughs> I was but, um, I do, like, I do like the whole, like, funeral, like, yeah. ceremony bit. Aye. You could get emotions of that, but... I never got emotional watching it last night, but I do remember like how I mentioned I watched it at one point on Sky last year, and it was that bit where I caught it in like the last ten minutes where it was the whole that's my brother, god damn it, and the fall and the like, you go we go. I got choked up watching that, and that was like just completely random. It was on the living room. So, the, the fucking score got me. The drama. I was like, holy shit! I forgot how much of a fucking film this was, yeah. and it is like. This is one of these films you could perfectly describe as a blockbuster. Like, that is, like, a fucking film and a half. Yeah. Like... And then you kind of think that the film's going to kind of end, but then you get the whole wee five-minute sub-ending where they go see, um... Swayziak. Aye, aye. And find out that he was involved in the... The fraud in the fucking papers and... Yeah. Of course, fucking De Niro's. Like, De Niro's he's got, got that the, wee sneer on his face. Ah, he's end. so fucking chuffed to be delivering and this it's, news. And um, Brian delivers that line that, um, that sways her... Ah, you see that light in your eye? Aye. <laughs> it's like, that's your fucking career dissipating or something. Aye. Yeah. So that's it, high gear. Where he just adds, like, does that, adds that wee extra fucking burn to it because that's... How he fucking got to Kurt Russell at the beginning. Yeah. Like, and then, you see that light in your eyes. And then it's like the film restarts. But aye. it's, um, it's when Brian new... playing the role as Bill. Aye. The fucking full circle. Yeah. He's sitting fucking sorting the boy's coat. He's panicking. He looks like he's fucking 
filling his shoes with shit. He's like, oh, I can't can fasten the buttons on my coat. Because I was like you once, son. To tighten his coat. But, aye. It's, it's a, a fucking stutter of a film. Mm. And it deserved, like, it, it had to have been like a joint review. You couldn't just have aye. one of us just gear. I think it would be like, probably like, I didn't think we would even contemplate uh, picking another film each time would, and this needs to be a joint review. Totally. Um, would you say the rewatchability on it is high? Huge, totally. Uh, anytime it's on Sky, if I was scrolling through the channels like Cameron, so I didn't watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, son, you'll appreciate this in the years to come. You'll be glad I'm showing it to you now. Yeah. But, aye, I'd totally watch this film. Like, go ahead in the night and put it on again and I'd keep an eye out for a Blu-ray because that's I've, I've got like a aye it is one I remember I've seen it last year in Sainsbury's aye like fucking that and Casino just popped up in nowhere yeah. on Blu-ray uh, I think because it's had it's anniversary is probably long gone 91 yeah. of course I think uh, some of the behind the scenes stuff would be probably worth worth aye. keeping an eye on I'd love to see how they filmed it definitely I think it's time to get some some trivia Mike I've got budget box office and trivia. Alright, where do you want to start? Yeah, I'll do budget box office first. Cool. Um, I would you the budget for this one would have been? Fuck. Like, I feel it could have been expensive. It has to be at least 50 million. Uh, near enough. Uh, a 75 okay. million dollar budget for it. Which is decent. Aye, I didn't want to say 100 million because I thought that would definitely have been too much, but... That's it. Because it's practical as well, it's no Yeah, exactly going to be overly as expensive. Aye. Um Do you reckon Backdraft made its money back? Yeah, it had to have. Let's go let's be optimistic, let's say two hundred worldwide. Um near enough. Aye. Um domestically it only made seventy seven million. It only just made its money back. Fucking hell. For the market, it took an additional 74. So all it took right. 151 worldwide. That's decent. I mean, it's alright. It's... In the grand scale, it done alright. But, uh, but I mean, obviously, when you think about it, you've got Terminator 2 that year ago. That was obviously the big hitter. Aye, aye. But when they want to see Big Daddy Curry, they want to see fucking Arnie. Well, that's it. It was all fucking muscles and robots. <sighs> yeah. Four interesting trivia notes here. Cool. Um, Kurt Russell, Kev Casey, um, Scott Glenn and William Baldwin done a lot of their own stunt work for it. Aye. And the guy that was the stunt coordinator was that impressed that when you watch the credits, they actually list them as the stunt actors as well. Aye. I never noticed it. So I, I, I never yeah. thought to look. William Baldwin and Kurt Russell... Went to a firefighter boot camp to like, learn the ropes. Aye. And spent, yeah, spent up to a month staying in a local firehouse. Aye. To get, like, obviously used to, like... I love it when folk go fucking method for their roles. Yeah. Like, because that's how you'd think if you're doing a film like that, it would have to be mandatory that like, you go put yourself into boot camp and get yourself in, like, if you... Because you want to make your film look authentic. You want to yeah. portray the role right... But to fucking live a month there in the fucking, yeah. the, what was it? The, the firehouse. The firehouse. Like, that's fucking brilliant. That's like above and beyond and like all the shit they'll pick up. Yeah. That's crazy. 
Now, I would fucking hate to think that there's one-star reviews for this. Mikey, there is three one-star <sighs> reviews. So please, please tell me it's... I've um, got them all. Please tell me it's... Oh, um, the, the film's transfer is awful, or the audio shit. Nah, there are no complaints about the DVD or Blu-ray. Funnily enough. Oh, what? Well, right, let's go, let's go. So, these uh, our Amazon one-star review is also our Amazon plug. Go to filmsandswearing.com and click on our Amazon link on the right-hand side of the page. Do your shopping as normal, and that way you help out Films and Swearing. There's 113 reviews altogether, and three of them are one star. Our first one, by Glenn, he cries it, a dated film, did not enjoy, full stop. Ah. This was reviewed in 2015, so Glenn, the reason the film is dated is because it's over 20 years old. Films tend to date as time goes on, you fucking melt. Dave, if you listen, support us on Patreon. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our next one. Uh, the worst film I have waited 21 years to watch by Gareth. The first 55 minutes of the film are spent building the character arcs between the two brothers and then the film starts. If I had known this, then it could have saved me some time. Uh, worst film I have seen in a long time. The films from that era seem to be trying to copy Die Hard, but they're always missed the mark. Um, um, right. <laughs> right. Uh, there's more. As firefighters, it also seems really inaccurate. There is a fire in a tall building. Why don't we use the lifts? Yes, that would happen. Uh, Kurt Russell's character is a maverick, but you still have codes of conduct to follow, Mr. Ron Howard. Also, there's a large fire... And they try to fight it from the inside. Again, there is never any smoke in these scenes. Just pure air. Need I say more? The only plus is Robert De Niro's character. Avoid this dross. Alright. Um, Die Hard is a totally different type of film. Yes. I the fire was not a terrorist. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. This is not the Nakatomi Plaza. Mm-hmm. It's not all happening in one building. Ah, man, if you want that, see Skyscraper in cinemas this yeah. summer. Dum, dum. The Rock's got a fake leg. Dum, dum. So she's plugging it. Hashtag fake leg. Hashtag I fucked my doctor that replaced that leg. <laughs> not with the leg, but like as a way to thank her for giving me the leg, I gave her my leg. <laughs> <laughs> my third leg. I treated her to The Rock. <laughs> um, um, I, yeah. Uh, Okay, so to choose the films, obviously episode 187 will be a double review. So we're going to be tackling two films from 1992. We've got the choices of Glengarry Glen Glenn Ross. Mm-hmm. I'll say that again. Glengarry Glen Ross. Universal Soldier, Unforgiven, and Batman Returns. Now, Mike, are we prediction? What, what are you, what's your... What are you looking to win? What are you looking to pick? Um, Ideally. I wouldn't mind Glenn Gary Glenn Ross because I've I've never seen it and I've heard a lot of people talk about it. Aye, aye. And I mean that's one of the like films where it's got like a massive cast as well. Aye. Um I mean I'm I'm forgiven maybe like, my dad used to kinda of, like watch all of that. Aye. Although I've not seen Batman Returns in a long time. Aye. And aye. 
Uh, I'm more favourable of a Batman being Michael Keaton. Aye. Rather than Christian Bale or mm-hmm. Affleck. Right. Aye. And that's it. I've always seen, I've always I watched Batman Returns because it always seems to be on Sky. You always see every once in a while showing up. Universal Soldier, never watched that since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And Unforgiven and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, the films I have yet to see. Mm. So, uh, I'll let you do the honours, Mike. Pick one of the four. Right. You've got four folded pieces of paper with the titles written down. Right. I'll do that one. And you take you one. I will take this one in the middle. And we are going to be reviewing. Uh, I've got Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. And I've got Unforgiven. Oh. Fucking two new watches. Ah. So, there we go. That is what we'll be talking about on episode 187. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are interested in following us on Patreon and supporting us financially, the address is patreon.com forward slash podcast. Pledge as little as $1 a month. Get full access to our extended podcast archive. Follow us at FAS Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Shout outs to Paul Loudon for the artwork. I guess we could thank Hans Zimmer for their music this week. Yeah. Uh, shout outs to Mags, Kenny, and Stu for being patron subscribers. And of course, Magic Mike and you, folk, you, person, the listener. Thank you for tuning in and joining us on our 90s season. Look ahead as we've got another. Eight. Eight episodes to go. It's going to be 90s as fuck in here. Hmm. Uh, Till next time, fuck off and tune in next week.